Good morning and welcome back to Margin. This morning I want to talk about part one of replacing lifestyle creep with margin. So let's jump right into it. Welcome to the Millennial Margin Podcast. I created this personal finance resource out of necessity as I've watched countless people schedule away, mortgage up, and max out their lives. Margin is simply the antithesis, providing leeway in an increasingly marginless culture. If you want to build margin into your personal finances on a daily basis, this is the podcast for you. So in this series on lifestyle creep. We've looked at three key components. The first one had to do with avoiding lifestyle creep. The second had to do with reversing lifestyle creep. And the third one had to do with downsizing without others noticing. Now the fourth and final component really comes down to replacing lifestyle creep with margin and building margin into your personal finances. So walking into a brand new year, I believe gives an opportunity for us to look at what components of our lives have we allowed for lifestyle creep. And this lifestyle creep oftentimes influences the amount of unsecured debt that we carry and the ultimate lack of margin that we have. And so I focused in on this topic because I believe that it is at the root of why so many end up in so much debt, so much unsecured debt. So there's an article by Camille Maldonado, and the article was The Slippery Slope of Lifestyle Creep and How to Avoid It. In this article, she explained the hot tub effect. The danger of lifestyle creep is that it happens gradually over an extended period of time making it hard for you to notice. Think of it like a hot tub. If you get in and raise the temperature of the water, you'll acclimate to it as the water gradually heats up. There you are sitting comfortably when a newcomer comes by to join you and tries to step in but finds it too hot. So her example may remind you of a lobster in a kettle. And oftentimes I believe that our society is that lobster in the kettle. And over time, as we take on more and more unsecured debt and have less and less margin, we find that the lifestyle creep that we take on day by day ends up boiling us over time. And although that's kind of a crude thing to say, I believe that many Americans are in that kettle at the boiling point and don't know how to get out. So Julia Kagan said that lifestyle creep occurs when an individual's standard of living improves as their discretionary income rises and former luxuries become new necessities. How true is that in our culture today? But how can we recognize that lifestyle creep has set in? So I believe there's 10 sure signs that lifestyle creep is upon you. And it's important for you to look at these 10 components and see which ones resonate with you, which ones make sense in what you've experienced and if you have experienced lifestyle creep. The first one comes down to being house poor. So many Americans are feeling house poor because of spending 30% or more of their gross income on housing. And that is difficult today because of shortages, because of exponential increases in prices and no end in sight. But at the same time, if you are in a property that you can stay put in uh, at least for a couple years to improve it in order to move up, 
or if you're in a property that you want to be in, but maybe you couldn't afford to technically be in that property yet, you may want to consider platforms like Airbnb or uh, or or house hacking in some way to rent out a room or rent out a space in order to help offset that cost. Now, building margin into housing uh, has become easier and easier because of different platforms. Of course, it comes down to your level of comfort of maybe having someone in your house or in your casita, but you need to figure out if my housing cost is above that 30% of my gross income, what do I need to change in order to build margin into my housing costs, into my budget for housing? So the second component comes down to being car poor. Now, as Americans, we love our cars. And I understand that. I love cars. But we got to make sure that our cars don't own us. And CreditKarma.com released that the average new car car payment hit $568 a month. Now that's staggering, especially being that every couple, three years, we go back and replace that new car with a new new car and take the negative equity from that new car and add it to the new new car. Now with that, it causes this debt cycle that ends up causing us to never get out of debt when it comes to cars. And we are not only paying that monthly payment, but we're dealing with the depreciation. Now, my recommendation always is to buy a quality used car that's maybe two or three years old and allow for that initial depreciation to take effect. Now, I experienced this recently with my brother who's buying a new car and he is actually buying a used car, new car to him. And he has found that the vehicle that he is purchasing has depreciated by more than 50% in the first two years. And my recommendation to him, my recommendation to you would be to not just lean into buying that brand new car just because of that new car smell or maybe that warranty, but to look at it from a standpoint of how you can build margin in your finances by buying that used car that someone else has already taken the depreciation on. So third sign that lifestyle creep is upon you comes down to recommended services for that car that you've purchased. And oftentimes we go to this dealership, I mean dealership, and we go to the dealership and we have them maintain our vehicles. And oftentimes we can have that, that recommended service on a periodic basis that we come in for an oil change or a tire rotation or a new set of those performance tires or those dang cabin air filters that you always seem to need. Those types of things, unfortunately, can add up very quickly. And just with doing a little research, you can um, extend those out based on the actual need rather than the dealership trying to kind of milk you dry. So the fourth sign comes down to that daily coffee run. Now, oftentimes we can justify that $6 latte because of how busy we are, not realizing how quickly those daily decisions add up. And even looking at it from a standpoint of building in daily routines, when you are going by, you're driving down the street, you're going by your local coffee shop, and you are standing in line waiting for your drink of choice, you are spending time with each of those steps. Now, what I would recommend is to build in some level of automation. And automation allows you to maybe make that cup of coffee or tea at home and allows you to expedite that process 
of your morning coffee so that you can use that time in an area that is more valuable. So the fifth sign comes down to hiring household employees. Now, I think that this one is kind of funny, but when you are looking at having a busy lifestyle and experiencing lifestyle creep, it's so easy for us to hire someone to take care of the lawn, someone to clean the gutters, someone to clean the house or take care of the kids or walk the dog. Now with that though, lifestyle creep can easily balloon to where we have someone who's taking care of everything. Now with that, that is not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing to have help in certain areas, as long as you're intentional about it. For example, I had a couple guys come to my front door when I was working one day and I work from home and they basically had a proposition that they were going to clean my windows uh, inside and out and they were going to clean the screens and, and the uh, tracks that the windows slide on and so on and so forth. And, uh, and they gave me their quote and that quote was around $175. Now they ended up doing the job. So I, I obviously said, yeah, go ahead. And it took them about six or seven hours to do the job. Now, when I looked at it in retrospect, that was about 15 bucks an hour. Now for that time, which I hate cleaning windows, but for that time I spent $15 an hour, which was money well spent in my mind once I calculated it. And, and it allowed me to do something else that I believe uh, allowed for a higher value or higher return. And especially for something I didn't enjoy. Now, if you do enjoy mowing your lawn or maybe washing your car and it's therapeutic for you, that is perfectly fine. But I'm saying, look at the aspects that you can automate that are necessary and make sense, but don't go out and just hire someone for every aspect of life just so that you don't have to do it. Now with that, it's easy to lean into lifestyle creep in this area and hire someone. And oftentimes those things balloon. Thank you for your time. Enjoy your day and we'll see you back here tomorrow. If this information is helpful to you, please do follow visitmillenniummargin.com or connect with me on Margin's social platforms.